0: Spirit gives you spiritual gifts and the spiritual gifts are given to you in order to edify is this church word that just means build up or help grow the church. And when it talks about the church, it's not talking about a building like this. It's talking about Christians around the world. People are the church. And so we all have gifts that were given to help grow the church. And I, I think that sometimes the reason we can be fearful about this stuff is, is because maybe you've been stuck in a volunteer role where it is sucking your soul dry. Right? If, I mean, honestly, have you ever had that experience? You're like doing something like, this is killing me. Well, and I think that it happens for just a few reasons. The first is, first of all, we just might not know what our spiritual gifts are. If you don't know what your gifting is, then it's a good chance you might not be using it. The second thing is, that it's because not all of us are using our gifts, and so there are a lot of voids, so we have to plug holes with however we can. And the third uh, reason is that, as we talked a few weeks ago when we were in our series about the Spirit, that some of us are still not yielding to the Spirit. We're we're just kind of saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to use my gift. I I don't want... It's not going to do it. So I continue to live in my human nature as opposed to the divine nature. And what's really interesting, just so you know, when we talk about spiritual gifts, I think we have a tendency to think that spiritual gifts are things that only happen when we serve at church. That's not true. Again, because the church, when I say the church, serve the church, I mean here, or whatever church you attend, spiritual gifts are for growing the body. So it's wherever you are, it's for the growth of those fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And for me, again, uh, I'm, I'm my Myers-Briggs, I'm a thinker, which just means I love information to make decisions. And so I always like to look at the research. And Barnett Group, is they do a lot of research on the Christian church and people within the church. And uh, they researched Christians and spiritual gifts. And, and the born-again Christians was what they uh, were classified. And they defined those. Uh, in the survey, is people who said that they'd made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ, all right, so someone who was actually engaged with Jesus Christ and serving him. But here's what, the in, here's what this research found out. It was very, very uh, interesting to me. I wasn't aware of all this, that the percentage uh, of people that have the gift of encouragement since 1995 has tripled. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe we just need more encouragement. Interestingly, that uh, since 1995, the gift of evangelism has decreased down to one percent. So that means if there, are, let's say, there's 800 people in this room, eight of you have the gift of evangelism. You want to go tell people about Jesus. And here's what's interesting: I can say this, and you feel shame or whatever. But here's the point. The point is that we don't pick and choose our spiritual gifts. We're given our gifts. So I don't know why it's 1%. Maybe people aren't aware. I'm not sure. But that's just an interesting fact. And this was really interesting to me, uh, that that of all of the people surveyed, and a couple thousand people, I don't remember what it was, but 46%, almost half of the people who were surveyed, almost half, said Either I don't know what my spiritual gift is, or I don't have one. Now, we're talking about Christians. And I'm just going to tell you right now that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you accepted him into your life, you have spiritual giftings. And I don't say any of this to be condemning. It's really interesting. Some of the other stuff, is just a random side note, just so you know. uh, Some of the the things people identified as spiritual gifts in their survey, uh, their house, their job was a spiritual gift, their sense of humor was a spiritual gift. Uh, clairvoyance was a spiritual gift. It probably might actually be, but a different kind. And, uh, uh, oh, uh, premonitions, uh, just kind of all kind of interesting stuff, which just sort of illustrates that as followers of Jesus, we actually probably don't have a great handle on what a spiritual gift is. And so I don't say any of this with condemnation, but what I do want you to understand is that it's really important for us to understand who we are in Christ and what our spiritual gifts are and how we can use them. Because let me ask you this. If God's plan is to grow the church through receiving the Spirit and us utilizing our spiritual gifts for the good of the church, and we don't know what it is, what does that say about the hope for the plan? Well, I'll tell you this. It's not that the plan is bad. <laughs> I just want you to know that. God didn't make a bad plan. <laughs> We just aren't really great followers sometimes. And so today, my hope is that we can figure out exactly how to understand what our spiritual gift is and how to plug in and how to grow the body of Christ. Uh, Look at this passage with me. Romans 12, verses 4 through 6 says this. For just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. See, here's what he's saying. God designed you. God gave you a gift. Right? You have gifts. You don't get to pick and choose. It's just you have what God gave you. Praise God. All right? right? And it's really interesting, it goes on uh, in in, uh, Paul writing again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be what? Uninformed. So there's some great weight to understanding what our spiritual gifts are and how we can use them. And uh, so I've been growing in my teaching, my speaking. Uh, Two times ago I spoke, I had one point. Last time I spoke, I had two, three today. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Three, but let me just tell you this. So Nelson talks about, like, the the spiritual gifts and the prophetic, the priestly and the kingly. They don't even start with the same letter, but let me tell you this about my three points. They spell a word. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, top-level teaching right there. So, (laughs) okay, maybe, I don't know, anyway. Maybe I have the gifts of pride. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I want to look at today is how do we discover what our spiritual gifts are? I have three points. They spell a word, and the word is really simple. Write it down. Pens out. Eat. E-A-T. Eat. This is how you discover your spiritual gifts, by eating. Now, First of all, what I want you to understand is that spiritual gifts scream community, right? Because if spiritual gifts, here's what you need to no. know. Spiritual gifts are for who? who? Is my spiritual gift for me? No, no, no. My spiritual gift is for who? Everyone else. So if I, I need to understand first and foremost that if my spiritual gifting is not for me, then I need to be engaged in community. If I'm not engaged in community, then I'm not able to use my spiritual gifting because I've got to be giving it away. That's the first thing. And I think sometimes when we talk about, like a great thing, Jesus Christ has offered us the opportunity and ability to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But if we're not careful, our personal relationship becomes an individualistic relationship that's all about me. And the point of our relationship with Jesus is always for others. We need to grow in ourselves, not just for ourselves, but for the good of the body. And spiritual gifting is a great example of that. So, and here's I want to tell you a little story that, that I think helps... Let's understand the first uh, way we can find out. The E of eat is engagement. And what you need to understand is that anytime uh, people are involved, your spiritual gifts go into action. Okay? Anytime people are involved, your spiritual gifts go into action. Engagement. Now let me so there was, there's a let's say there's a big banquet that's going on. All right, this big old banquet, and there are seven different uh, people sitting at the head table. Uh, with the keynote speaker, and it's a beautiful banquet. Everyone's dressed up, beautiful facility, and as they're uh, engaged in this banquet, the the busboy is walking on, carrying his tray, and uh, he bumps into one of the servers, and they have this big collision. Boom, food flies everywhere. The keynote speaker gets doused in all the cleaned up food and the new food. The desserts fly everywhere, and you have a big mess. Well, in that very moment, spiritual gifts Start. Of those seven people, we'll just look at these seven people sitting at the table who all have different gifts. Here, You want to know how, what your gift is? Well, just look at what happens when you engage in the moment. So the person who has the gift of prophecy stands up, and he says, I can see this coming. <laughs> I knew this was a bad idea. I knew it. I, I, from the very beginning, you can't clear plates and serve food at the same time. You just can't. He's got the gift of prophecy, and his goal is to correct the problem. The guy, with, uh, the guy with the gift of serving just jumps up and starts cleaning up the stuff. How can I help? What can I do? He starts cleaning everything up, and he's just getting the mess all taken care of. And what's his motivation? Fulfill a need. Then you have the teaching person. I have that gift, and they think they're the most important. And he stands up. He says, well, actually, this really was not due to the fact that they were serving and cleaning up at the same time. Let me explain what really is happening. I noticed this earlier, that there needed to be a more organized plan, maybe some pathways for the servers to come on, and the, you know, the, the busboys would clear stuff this way. That's what's actually the problem. And, and then his motivation is to discover the truth about what happened, right? Then you have the guy with the gift of exhortation. I got an idea, he says. Rather than having the busboys and the servers at the same time, what if we served the dinner and the dessert all at once, and then when everyone was done, then we could just clear it all at once. We wouldn't have the confusion of people coming and going. And and his motivation is to prevent it from happening again in the future. Then you have the guy with the gift of giving. He says, hold on, just take a look at this. The speaker's suit's ruined, and this carpet looks ruined as well. Microphone's broken. Huh? Uh, We rented this place. Uh, I'll tell you what. He takes off his coat. He gives it to the speaker. He goes, listen, you just go ahead and speak. You take my coat. And uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give the first $5,000 to replace this carpet. If you guys will just join. (laughs) Will you guys guys come along with me? I'm going to give some money, and we'll fix this. And his goal is to give something to help fix the problem. Then you have the guy with leadership, and he jumps in and he's like, hey, Jim, grab a mop. Let's, let's mop that up. Mary, uh, we see to it that these seven desserts get, get reset because these people don't have their desserts now. So let's, let's, let's Mary, we take care of that. And uh, uh, you know what? Uh, Bob, why don't you go make an announcement? You tell everyone what's gonna happen. And uh, Kate, well, I, I'll tell you what, we're gonna roll this video, hey, and uh, we're gonna roll the video that was scheduled for later. And what, what's his motivation? To bring order. <laughs> And leadership to the moment. Then you have the person with the gift of mercy who is uh, in the fetal position in the corner crying. <laughs> right? Just, just devastated. Now they're probably actually running over to the person, oh don't worry, this is going to happen to anyone. It's okay. It's okay. How can I help you? And their goal what? They want to help relieve the embarrassment. So here's why I tell you this story. Because I think though we may not know exactly what our gifts are by title, The reality is that I believe each of us know what our gifts are by function and engagement. In the moment, how you respond will tell you what your gift is. That's the first one, engagement, eat, E. The second is this affirmation. I want to look at a passage found in 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says this, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So before, the second one is affirmation. So first is engagement, second is affirmation. Here's what I want to help us understand. But but even before I get to affirmation, there's a couple things in here that might be a little bit interesting. I just want to tell you, if you are young, like me, or younger even. (laughs) That was not a joke, okay? (laughs) Super young. If you are young junior high age, high school age, whatever. I want to just point out that so often we think eventually when I'm an adult, I'm going to start serving God and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to just take a minute and pause and say, no, 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 no. The call from Paul to Timothy is don't let someone look down on you because you're young. You are not too young to start serving and leading. Embrace that now. And don't let anyone tell you you are because they're wrong. That's the first thing I want to say for us young folks. The second thing is, that he said, how do I avoid being looked down on? He says to set an example for the believers. Set an example. How do I set? It? He lays it out there. In your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. What are those things in your speech? What are you saying? You know why people look down on you? Because they hear what you say, and what's coming out of your mouth <laughs> leads them to look down on you. The second thing is in your conduct. What are you involved in? What things? What's on your Facebook feed? What's in your Twitter feed? Who are you hanging out with? What things are you engaged in? Your love, that's your relationships. When they look at what's are you blowing up all the relationships around you? Well, guess what? That's going to lead to people looking down on you. Faith, what do you believe? Are you believing true things? And finally, purity. That's the motivation, you know? Blessed are the pure in heart. And the only way we can do those things is when we yield to the Spirit, as we talked about a while ago in our, our, our series on the Spirit, and when we allow our human nature to submit to the divine nature, which is about others, not us. All right. That was just a little side note. First Timothy eight nine and ten says this. This is just. Just before the passage that I just read, it says this. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. In other words, here's what he's saying. In a world that likes to focus on the external, physical training, diet, making your hair look good, makeup, clothing, all that kind of stuff, and he even says physical exercise, there's nothing wrong with it, it's good. But as good as that is, as important as that is in your life, the spiritual component is more important. And we should be putting more time into our spiritual exercise than our physical exercise. He said, and why? He says because it's good for this present life and the life to come. He also says you see that then because if you do, you'll save yourself and others around you. That's how you set an example. That's just a random side note, okay? Now, let's get back to the affirmation piece from this passage. He says in here, it's really interesting, he says, do not neglect the gift given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid hands on you. Now, just so you know this, you may not know this, but back in the times of the Bible, 60 A.D., they did not have the fancy-pantsy K2 app like we do, so you couldn't just go online and take a test and be like, there's my spiritual gifts. So they would actually... Within the church body, the elders would see something in people, and they would physically lay hands on people. Now, throughout Scripture, so often you see the, this story, or the, the experience of laying on hands, and it happened for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to get into all the details, but, but very important to understand that the laying on of hands, it spoke about the recognition of someone being set apart for something. Or, uh, Joshua, it said Joshua was full of uh, the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. See, Moses saw this in him and blessed him with it. And that's what's happening in this passage. He's saying, don't neglect the spiritual gifts you received when the elders saw something in you and laid hands on you and said, I see it in you. I bless you. I want to be part of helping you become what God has called you to. And I'm just going to tell you again that this can only happen if we are engaged in community. Because if you're not known, there's no way someone can see it in you. So we've got to be vulnerable to be living in the community. We've got to be engaging in the process like we just said. And then we have to be submitting to each other to say, hey, I see this in you. And I want to bless you and call you into action on that. And it's the same in the New Testament, same in the Old Testament, and it's the same today. We are to be engaged in seeing each other and helping each other become all that God calls us to be through our giftings. That's the second, affirmation. And then T, E, engage, A, affirmation, and T, test. Really simple. On our app, you just go, we have a link, you just go on there and you can actually take a test. And here's what's cool about the test. You take the test and it spits out information that tells you how you're wired, or how God wired you, I should say, would be a better way of thinking about this. And it gives you the opportunity to look at what you do. Remember we said a lot of people, almost half the church, is not aware of their spiritual gift or claims they don't have one. We all do. As soon as you start to understand what your spiritual gift is, guess what happens? You're able to start functioning fully in who you are for the body of Christ and the good of others. And I'll just take a look at this. Uh, my t- this is my test. I thought it would be good just to show you uh, what I score. And here's what's cool. If you take this test, it gives you a really cool printout like that too. Right? That's kind of confusing but artsy, so that's, that's worth it. So, <laughs> right? Anyway, this is my, and it's, I want to I tell you this for a reason. So it's weird. I can tell you. Look at, I'm, I'm, a te- I'm a teaching, leadership, I, those are my gifts. Teaching, leadership, discernment, exhortation, and prophecy. Those are my gifts. My top five. I want you to understand something that's, that I think is really important. Help, help us understand what spiritual gifts are and what they aren't. The first thing is spiritual gifts are not opportunity to brag. I'm not telling you this so you go, wow, how awesome is he? Because you know what the truth is? That's what the Holy Spirit gave me. I don't really have a whole lot to brag about because that's what I was given. But here's what's interesting, and I was talking, I'm going to have some people come up in just a minute, not just yet. Actually, you guys, you can come on out. Why don't you, uh, I'm going to introduce you to some people in just a second. But here's what's interesting. It's not, so what is spiritual gifts? They're not an opportunity to brag. The second thing that they're not is they're not a cause for criticism. And I looked at the people who, these guys that are going to come out here, and I was looking at their scores. They sent me their spiritual gifts testing, and, like, they're, like, really balanced, you know. Their points are just one apart. And I'm like, I have, like, these really high ones, and then I have, like, negative numbers, like, you know, stuff that I didn't even know existed kind of. That's how my score is. But here's what I want to tell you. It's easy for us to look at others and see what their gifts are or are not and be critical. How come they don't do this? because well, they're not wired like you. How come they don't do this? Because they're not wired like you. So they're not opportunity to brag. They're also not reason for criticism. And the third thing, Dave said this last week, they're not an excuse not to do something. Sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to introduce you to uh, some people. I've asked these guys if they would come uh, here today and sort of share with you these guys were uh, we asked our staff Hey, who do you know that's really serving within their giftings? And I'd love some suggestions and these were just
1: a few of the people who were suggested So when we start down here, Doug, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Doug Johnson. I'm married. have four kids. Uh, I work for Steve Regan Company. We're an agricultural wholesaler in uh, Utah and Idaho, a product manager there. What, what do you do here at the church? Uh, here at K2, I volunteer in Adventure Canyon I work in the PACE program where we serve special needs kids in uh, preschool and elementary. Awesome, awesome.
0: So let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, so how, knowing your spiritual gifts, and Doug, this is kind of interesting because Doug is one of the people, I say, hey, tell me, tell me about your spiritual gifts. So I, I actually don't, I'm not even sure if I know what the titles are. So he took the test. Now after taking the test, and you got your little cheat sheet there. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, how does uh, your, your gifting um, h- how does that affect what you're doing here at K2?
1: Well, my gifting uh, really came out as like teacher, server, uh, mercy, compassion. Uh, I've been attending K2 for plus or minus eight years. Uh, when we started coming, my wife and I, we got invited. You know, we were like a lot of you. We were wandering around out there. We didn't have a church. Uh, mm-hmm. Weren't really thinking about church a lot. uh got invited. Um, We had little kids, you know, one-year-old, two-year-old type kids. And we got invited to K2. We could drop our kids off at Adventure Canyon. We could get an hour and a half break every week from our little kids. Uh, We didn't have a lot of family. that kept our kids. Babysitters are expensive. So it was a little time for my wife and I uh, to uh, just get away. have that little break. Uh, so it's kind of natural that I use my gifts of uh, service, uh, teaching, compassion in the area where I'm at. Because um, again it was important to us when we first started to come and uh, uh, kids, uh, the, you know the parents with these special needs kids, uh, they need a break probably more than any of the other parents. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's a natural spot for me. Awesome. So serving, your gift of serving kind of said, hey, I can help, and so I'm going to jump
0: in. That's awesome. And Julie, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah. My name is Julie Nanz, um, and I am originally from Salt Lake City. have been a crash member for, well, I got my, I understand you don't do bricks anymore, but yeah. I got my brick in 2004.
0: Too many came back through the windows and oh, stuff, yeah. so we so. got rid of those. Oops.
2: Yeah. Um, and I have been on staff with um, an organization called CRU, uh, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, for the past 11 years. Um, and I currently serve in a national leadership position in New York City.
0: And so, Julie, you were part of, uh, originally a K2, and we kind of commissioned you and sent you out. Did we lay hands on you, I wonder?
2: You did lay hands on me. Oh, good.
0: Because uh, I was going to do it right then if we didn't. But um,
2: <laughs> You're welcome to again. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd love that.
0: We're tight on time, so... Um, but so, so interesting about you, Julie, is that you're not actually serving, like your, your gifting is outside of the church, like the, uh, the church building, and so tell me, how, how about your, with your gifting, how, does, how has that kind of affected what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I, uh, so I, I took um, a test specifically that Mike had asked us to take and um, was encouraged, which is funny because my number one is exhortation or encouragement, um, and then, let's see, uh, exhortation, mercy, apostleship, and discernment. And my current role is uh, in, in national leadership. I get to build up and send out new missionaries to the field um, across the nation. Uh, I get to help them discover who God has created them to be. Uh, and walk with them through some of the harder times of what it looks like to be in ministry full-time, and what's amazing about my role in the body of Christ is that I am sent from a local body to another part of the, of the nation currently, and uh, just, I, I, I get to um, expand the kingdom through that as a sent one from K2. Oh,
0: that's awesome, and then, uh, yeah, you can clap, that's cool. Uh, Andrew, and Nina, why don't you guys uh, tell, just introduce yourself.
3: So we're Andrew and Nina Swanvelt, and um, we have been going to K2 for about, I think, nine years. Um, and right now we, um, and we've been serving together in the youth ministry um, for, I think we figured out two years now. I served a little bit longer before then, and then Andrew joined me.
0: So, so tell me about your gifting and how that played out into what you're currently doing here at K2 Uh,
3: So we have some of our gifts we're both um, really highly gifted with giving um, And that works well well with student ministry because we give our time as well as as financially to the church Um, and I usually score very high with teaching and with pastoring, and which works really well because we're small group leaders. So we have a group of six to maybe 10, depending on how many friends they bring, um, students, teenagers, um, that we kind of get to walk with and, you know, do life with. And that's, it's a whole lot of fun, and it's so rewarding.
0: So what about you, Andrew? Like how does that your gifting play into that? Because what's cool about these guys is they're serving together in their gifting, which is cool.
4: Yeah, what's interesting is I used to serve on the arts team for quite a while because my natural talent is kind of in that area. I work in video professionally, so uh, it kind of lends itself to, you know, these things you see on the screen and these things that you see filming us. But that wasn't necessarily lining up with what my spiritual giftings were. And she got just this really cool big vision about uh, passion for working with teenagers. And it took me a little while, but I kind of came along with it. Hmm. And it works out well for us because my top uh, spiritual gift is administration. So I can kind of help to provide some guidance for this big vision to be fulfilled.
0: And organized. That's cool. So, so let's go back over here again, Doug. So how does... Um, I'm going to just jump to our very last question. We're a little tight on time here, but here, here's what I want to ask you. So if you were to make a closing statement, a parting shot to, to everyone sitting out here, um, in terms of the value of knowing your gifting, in terms of... Uh, just, just anything you want to say about that. What, what, what would be your
1: charge to our, our body of, of believers here? If you're asked, get involved. Um, you know, <laughs> Simple. What of my, what are my uh, things I'm not so gifted in is giving uh, time like they are. You know, I'm not real good about giving my time. You know, when you think about giving, you might think about uh, financial giving. That's easy for me. Uh, time is a lot tougher. Uh, but... Uh, I would just encourage you to get involved. Uh, Venture Canyon would be a way to get involved. Uh, uh, you can fill out your card, check the little box. There's a booth Somebody in the lobby be happy too. to get a hold of you, a booth outside. Yep, I think Carrie Elsog will be up later and talking yeah. about ways yeah. to get involved. Um, other ways you might get involved: uh, a couple of things that are important to me would be uh, there's a chosen uh, half marathon 5K which supports uh, adoption. Uh, families uh, involved in adoption. Uh, that's uh, September the 26th, I think. Uh, you can go online, though, at uh, chosenmarathon.com and find more information. You need the gift of running for that one? What's that?
0: need the gift of running to be involved in that
1: one? You do not need the gift of running. No. You can uh, donate without running, <laughs> okay. uh, but you can come join me and run. You know, the doctors cleared me to run. I've good. got my knee back in good shape. Awesome. Uh, but so I'll be running. Um, and then the other thing, if you are looking for another way to get involved in a kind of a non-threatening way and fellowship with some men, I'm putting together a softball team for fall softball. Starts on uh, August the 17th. I'm looking for about eight guys. Um, I'll be around in the lobby after service uh, if you want to come talk to me about that. Or you can email Mike for my contact information. And uh, uh, just a fun way to get with some guys in a non-threatening way and fellowship a little awesome. bit. Awesome. Julie, same same question. Closing statement, parting shots.
2: Yeah, I would say um, for those of you, for those of us who don't know our spiritual gifts, I would say take that first step and take a test and see what it is because. By myself, my, from my personal experience, as I learn and grow into, in the ways that I know the Lord and the Spirit has gifted me, I feel like it really draws me closer to Him because I know how He created me better, and that gets me to know my Creator better. So I just say it's, it takes a lot of courage to do that, I recognize, especially if you're not aware and you're doing something that you're like, man, this is not very life-giving. It can be scary to try something new, but uh, it's worth it. Uh, so take that first step.
0: Awesome. How about you guys?
2: So
3: um, we're serving in student ministry partly not only because of our spiritual gifts, but because I feel like God has called us into student ministry. And so there's kind of two facets of it. And, again, kind of like what Julie said, just don't be afraid. I mean, it's scary, it's, but it's, it's so immensely rewarding, and it's just a fantastic um, experience. So go for it. Awesome. Awesome.
4: I think that um, you don't necessarily think that your spiritual gift might lead you to a specific area. I shouldn't think that I would be in student ministry, but it's something to keep open to God and let Him uh, tell you that. Be open to using those spiritual gifts in ways that maybe don't leap to the top of your mind and... Certainly, student ministry is a, is a good way to think about that.
0: All right, thanks. we get, give these guys a hand. Well, I just the band can come forward. And as we close, I just want to share a story with you. Just uh, you may know this story already, maybe you don't. It's a story. In, in 1930, you probably all know what Plato- is, right? 1930 in Wisconsin, Plato was, was created on request of the Kroger Grocery Company. But it was actually created for so, something different. It was, it was created as a, sort of like a, a paste uh, that would clean walls. Dirty, dirty wallpaper is what it was created for. Uh, the coal residue that would, would get on the walls from the heating systems. And then come uh, after the Second World War, we switched from coal heating to natural gas heating, so the, the residue wasn't really around anymore. And so uh, the, this company who had made this cleaning product was th- starting to have some trouble, <laughs> about, you know, about to go out of business. It was made by this guy, Cleo McVic- McVickers, and his, his brother came on staff, uh, joined the company to help bring them out of bankruptcy. And what happened is... Um, he, 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 his uh, sister-in-law, I believe it was, uh, Kay Zafal, she was using this clay stuff in her classroom. <laughs> she was a preschool teacher because the modeling clay was hard for the kids to work with. And... Uh, they made Christmas ornaments out of them. As they made the Christmas ornaments, so she, she, Kay McVicester said, you know what? The thing is, you're using this and there's cleaning things going out of business. The reality is, the kids love playing with this stuff. You actually ought to brand it as a toy. So he went back and he said, I'm going to do this. And he made, the, made up a really bad name for the stuff. He said, no, 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 call it Play-Doh. <laughs> Just call it Play-Doh. So they made the change, same ingredient, same product. Well, Plato's doing really well today, all the way from 1930. Here's why I want to tell you this. Here's why I tell you this story. I think that every single one of us in here is Plato. Every single person in this room is Plato. And the question for us is, when we learn what our spiritual gifting is, Can we be more effective in actually doing? Are we gonna continue to be this cleaning product that's going out of business? It's not bringing much value to us? Or can we learn our spiritual gifting and become something that's really valuable and useful? I believe that when we know who we are, when we're functioning in our strengths, we're just like this clay that became Play-Doh. I think every single person in here, knowing who you are, operating in the fullness of who God has created you to be, we could change not only this church, this city, this valley for Jesus Christ. We're going to transition into a time here of musical worship. and I'm just going to call the greeters down. We do this every, every week. We're going to take an offering. Again, if you have the gift of giving, this is, you, you love this moment, right? And for many of us, you know, this is just, I want, again, I want you to just reinforce, this is an opportunity for you to return what God has given to you in portion as a way of saying thank you to him. And I'm going to pray, and as we pray, I just want to ask you this question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are... You love us so deeply. You've given us a plan to revolutionize the world, to change this world that we live in. You've given us the opportunity to use the gifting you give us to bring life to ourselves and to those around us. And I pray that in this time, we would embrace the truth of the Spirit living inside of us, imparting the divine nature, so that we can live for the good of those around us rather than ourselves. Thank you for your love and for your grace where we're failing, for encouragement to live beyond the moment and change our brokenness by trusting in you. We love you very much, and we ask this in your name. Amen.